Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. like a little campfire right now, right? Does it get in like nice and intimate? How many more of a polarization or cupcakes? We had a great time at Friendsgiving at our house. Hope some of you guys were there. I think most of us were. There was like 80 people at our house. It was silly. It was awesome. Made me happy. Every now and then you got to take a break and go hang out in the bedroom for a little while, but that's all right. <laughs> You have people over your house all the time, right? Um, oh, I love it. Well, let me, uh, let me pray for us. Father, Father, we love you and we need, we need you in our lives. <laughs> oh, just do this with you right now. Just uh, tip, tilt your head back a little bit and, and just open your mouth and say, God, fill me up. Ah, fill me up. Ah, <laughs> I don't know how he fills us up. It may not be through our mouths, but this is the only way I know to fill myself up. Is I, 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 I put food in my mouth and I get full. So, God, you probably have much better ways of filling us up, but this is all I know. Thank you, God. Mm. Can you just be aware of his presence right now? If you haven't already done this, just stop. Maybe put your hands out in front of you that you're about to receive something. But I want you to just recognize his presence, his holy presence. The king of glory, his presence is in the room right now. Just take a second. Don't miss this moment. And as you breathe in, I want you to realize you're breathing in him. That he's so close. We could do a whole church service and forget that he was the main thing. You're near, God. Oh, we love you, God. Yes, God. You promised us, you said, may the God of hope fill you with all hope in believing. says the love of God was poured out, (laughs) poured out into our hearts. What's it mean to be for him to pour himself out into your heart? Yeah, just say this, say heart, just just speak to your own heart for a second. David did it, all right? He said, be still my soul. He says, take courage. He would speak to himself all the time, so don't get weird on me. Just say, heart, I insist you receive more of God. I insist you believe what he says about you. (laughs) I set up for this pre-service prayer, being filled has less to do with feeling you're filled than knowing you're filled. Don't get caught up in the feelings. Amen, amen. Just tell him thank you right now. Just 
I love what Jessica said. <laughs> the password. The password is thank you, Father. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for overflowing my cup. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Does anybody have a headache or get, has been getting headaches a lot lately? It's just something's happening. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're just like, I don't know. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Cool. Can you guys stand up real quick? Just stand up. We're going to pray for headaches. Um, I, I know they're small and, you know, you can take an aspirin to kill them. But you know what? Like, if he can heal a shoulder, he can heal a headache. If you're around them right now, I just want I felt like God wanted to heal a few people this morning. Just lay hands on them right now. It may be it's severe headaches, not severe headaches. You may not know if you're healed instantly because you don't have one now. But we're going to end this thing right now, okay? No more, no more chronic headaches, Father. So right, I just start praying for it. Now listen, Jesus told you to heal the sick, not pray for the sick, okay? It's, it's, it's a minor theological difference, but it's important, okay? He didn't walk around asking sickness if they wanted to stay or go. He said, get out. So go ahead and say that. Say, get out, get out in the name of Jesus. Headaches go right now. Yeah, we say get out right now. Yeah, come on. Did you guys feel anything? Did you, did you feel anything happen? Anything? We're not feelers, we're believers. I get that. But sometimes it's good to be encouraged. Something happened. Did anybody feel something to like lift something, jump on them? Anybody at all? Raise your hand. Awesome. Well, headaches, honestly, we just go after stuff all the time. Before you reach for aspirin, I want you to reach for a, for a prayer, all right? I, I know, it's, this is tiny stuff, but we think headaches are okay, and they're not. Amen. Hey, I want to I open up to Nehemiah. Nehemiah, it's on page 395. <laughs> on the left side there. <laughs> now, I want to read. We're, I've been I've been kind of looking into Nehemiah. Some of you guys may know that we're jumping into a new building in um, in gosh, what four weeks? December twenty second is our last service here. So if you're, if you're wondering when we no longer have to have sticky floors over by the kids, I don't know why it's mostly by the kids area too, or have our babies, but like <laughs> they, get, they get special treatment, I guess. Um, but we only have a few more weeks. It's been a blessing being here, but we're excited to do um, this next season in a new place, in a new location. More on that later. Um, but I've been thinking about Nehemiah, I've been thinking about building and rebuilding and expanding and we talked about our, um, our capacity is expanding a couple weeks ago. Um, some of you guys, you know, I'm going to share with me a lot. Of, like, there's already a lot of capacity expanding already. But one thing I think what I loved about Nehemiah is it's a beautiful story about lots of stuff. It's a, it's a leadership um, story. It's a, it's a story of, uh, of what one person can do, um, that one person can do all of this that, that had a dream, that had a desire, that had a, that had a cause in front of him. Um, but I want to talk about something that, that I, I want to talk about courage. 
I want to talk about courage. Now, courage is something I think we look at, like, I, I'll, I'll be real, I'm not, I'm not a dominant personality. I work with personalities on the side, strength assessments and things like that. So I'm always thinking in terms of uh, personality-wise, and I look at people that are more dominant. How many of you guys would consider yourself a dominant personality? Like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm that strong, take-charge person. How many of you guys are a supportive style? Now, I'm not saying you're not the leader. You're not, you're, everybody can be leaders, okay? Don't, don't, don't read into that. But you're more of a supportive leader. Raise your hand. And that's about right. It's honestly, the, 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 there's not nearly as many dominant people as supportive people in this world, probably because we won't let people be dominant because those few need that power. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't actually know why. It's just an assumption that the few dominant people keep everybody else in submission. No. Um, uh, but, but here's the deal. Do, the confidence is something that for some people is like breathing. It's natural. It comes out, you know, my wife just naturally comes across, she's a very dominant person, and I love her for it, as a very strong personality, Okay. It doesn't mean she doesn't have tenderness and kindness and supportive abilities. It just means that her natural way of operating is, 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 is in this confidence, okay? So some of us are naturally confident. It's like breathing. You come around, you're like, wow, you're so confident. Some, you, you guys know people like that, right? Some of them are intimidating, and some of them aren't because you might know them. You're like, oh, he's actually just a pussycat. Oh, he's actually really nice. You don't have to, you know. But some people are just naturally, like, like a Donald Trump is a naturally dominant, confident person. Everything that comes out of his mouth is confident. Amen? Why everything comes out of his mouth, I don't know. Um, some of the things he says, I'm like, oh, <laughs> did you think that through? I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I, maybe it's all calculated and he did think it through. Either way, either way, it came across strong. Amen? Amen. Okay. So that's this confident thing. And those same group of people seem to just boldly go forward where no man has gone before. And so <laughs> some, <laughs> Glenn says maybe shouldn't have gone. But the reality is like confidence is what is oftentimes what, what is seen as something that like, man, if I just had more confidence, I'd be able to do that. And man, I wish I was like that person over there. Man, she just, she just, just busts through those barriers and goes after it. And I honestly, as a supportive person, I secretly admire that stuff. I'm like, oh Lord, if I could just be like my wife, I'd, be, I'd conquer everything in my path, right? If you just like, oh, if I could just, it'd be so much easier if I could just have that, that confidence. Well, here's the deal. Confidence, it, it's not what we think it is. We think confidence, so for some people, they have the confidence before they do anything, okay? But let me tell you a little secret on those people, all right? It's a little secret. This is after hundreds of hours of working with personalities with people, is they're not actually confident all the time. I knew it. <laughs> it's, it's not a lie. It's not a facade. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a... <laughs> Secretly, you guys knew that, right? Okay, just check it. Just check it. It's, 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 not, it's not even a deception. It's just confident people that are naturally confident. It's just like breathing. It's, it's, it's not even a thing we turn on and off. It's, a, it's just, I'm just, 
And so often, I, was, I remember I was having a conversation with an attorney because I worked for the law firm for a while before we did the church. And, and, and I was, she was a very dominant woman. And, and, and I was like, hey, so let me guess, confidence comes. He's like, oh, yeah, confidence is so easy for me. I just walk into the courtroom, and, and here I am, and I'm, I'm going to win, all this stuff. And I said, but sometimes you may not feel confident. She goes, oh, no, I'm super insecure. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, tell me about that. And she goes, oh, yeah, I actually, I'm scared out of my mind. I actually don't really, so oftentimes I don't really believe in, in what I'm doing there works and what, I, and, and it's what I'm supposed to do is valuable and all that stuff. And so there's this confidence that's just powerful, but yet underneath it there's this insecurity. And so whether you see people come across as confident or not, it doesn't, some, for, for those naturally confident people, it's not true confidence. And I'm not trying to put them down. I'm trying to put us all in the same boat. That true confidence isn't, isn't really what you have before you take action. Confidence comes after you take action. Confidence comes after you take action. If you're waiting for the confidence to come so that you can press forward into something, into a dream, into a calling, let me tell you, you're, you're, in, you're out of order. And, and, I, and I recognize there's some people that look like they're doing that that they're confident, then they move forward. But I would, I would wager that they're either only confident because they've been doing it for years, and so it looks like it's their first time, or it's, it's not a true confidence. You, you, you feel me? Okay, so let's, let's, look at, let's look at Nehemiah. I want to talk about a couple things that confidence will bring us. Did my iPad just die? No, no, it did not. It went black, though. Look at that. It's black. And yet I can still hear Siri. <laughs> There's no screen brightener on this thing. Well, heck. As soon as I go to my notes. Can you maybe figure out why that's demonically possessed? <laughs> and we cast a demon out of that thing. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, that's all right. We have, we have backup. All right, hold on a second. Just bear with me. It's demonic. Okay, here we go. We got backup here. If it, if <laughs> I think it finally died on me. It's, it's an old one. Okay. I, were you guys praying? I don't think you were praying. Look what's happening. <laughs> This is not my fault. This is... No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Ownership. Okay. Um, let's talk about confidence. All right. I'm going to read some word. Um, Nehemiah chapter 1. Are you guys there yet? I gave it to you at the head of time so that we were going to be confidently moving forward. All right. Um, okay. So <laughs> All right. Let's look at confidence. Confidence. Um, like I said, confidence requires action. Everybody say that. Confidence requires action. Say it again. Confidence requires action, okay? If you're not afraid of doing big things, you don't have a pulse, okay? Listen, you're, you're allowed to be afraid. Being afraid is not a problem, okay? It's not a problem. Being scared is not, is not a problem, okay? It's not moving in the, in the... Did you get it working? Praise the Lord. All right. She'll be teaching deliverance class later. Um, confidence is not a problem. The problem is, is, is it's when you don't step forward into something that you know you're called to do. All right. Now it's loading. Okay. 
It'll get there. It's just not very confident. All right, so confidence comes, courage comes through on, on the other side of action. Confidence and courage. Nehemiah 1, verse, two, not verse, um, verse 3. Let's get into that. So for, for stars, if you've never, if you don't know who Nehemiah is, because it's not in the New Testament and you don't venture outside that because you're scared, <laughs> Nehemiah is in the Old Testament and, and it comes after, after years after um, Jerusalem was sacked and taken by the Babylonians and the city was destroyed. The walls were taken out. And so Nehemiah is, is, Nehemiah is a man. He's not a special man. He's not a prophet. He is not a, um, he's not a priest. He's no one special except that he found himself serving the king. I think it's Artaxerxes is the king's name, but he found a king of Persia. So he's serving the king of Persia as a cupbearer. Okay, now a cupbearer is someone that got next to the king all the time. Why? Because he, he's the one that ate this, the king's food to make sure he didn't die. Okay, as a side note, as I was sitting here, I was thinking about this message and I thought to myself, is this a job I want? On one hand, you get like this intimate, you get this closeness with the king, he, 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 he'll listen to you because he's got this place of authority next to you and you get to hear all the king's plans. On the other side of it is though, every time you eat, you're wondering, is it your last meal? I just, I, you guys tell me if that's something you'd want. It's kind of those things like, well, how, what's the life expectancy anyway? Um, okay, so let's start this right now. Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Okay. Okay, then they said to me, so this is, um, Jeremiah's narrating this. They said to me, I'm sorry, Nehemiah, the remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach. This is talking about the walls of Jerusalem. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. And then he says this, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Now let's keep going. Chapter 2, I'm going to skip over that. Chapter 2, verse 1. And it came about in the, in the ninth, in, in the month um, Nisan, in the 20th year of King um, Artaxerxes, thank you. <laughs> that wine was before him, and I, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had not been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, why is your face sad, though you are not sick? Now, why does he say I had not been sad in his presence? Because you weren't allowed to be, it wasn't good to be sad in the presence of the king, because the king was the almighty great man, and if you were in his presence, of course you were going to be happy because he was such a great man. And so you weren't allowed to be sad in his presence, you weren't allowed to have like this mournfulness, like who wants to be around sad people anyway? I'm just kidding. And so, so he says, listen, I, I, am, I'm, I, was, I was not allowed, to, I was never sad in his presence until now. And so here he comes. This is a bit of courage already, already coming up. Now, I had not been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, because it, it was different, why is your face sad, though you are not sick? This is not sad, nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. And he was afraid because he was venturing into this new area of, of, of kind of letting this, in, this, this inside out in front of the king. You get it. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Esther, yes, Esther going before the king, you know, she kind of like, this was a very risky moment for Esther, she was not allowed to, to go before the king, and if he didn't like it, what she had to say, she would die, and so that's where it comes, if I die, I die, well, this was kind of a similar time, as he, he opened up 
really what was going on in his heart, this fear, this sadness in front of, the heart, in front of the king. It says, then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of, the, of my father, tombs, lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? Then, then the king said to me, what would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I said to the king, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen, the queen sitting beside him, how long will your journey be and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a, a definite time, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given me um, for the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may allow me to pass through until I come to Judah. And we'll stop there. So what, what's happening here is, is, is Nehemiah has this moment where he recognizes what, what's, what's really grieving. He recognizes in this moment what he cares about. He hears about his city and everything inside just starts going, I was made for this. This is what I'm called to do. And sometimes our very calling, I remember years ago, I think, I heard, I think it was a, a, a speaker named Eric Johnson, he says that the places that, that, are most conf- that you're most annoyed at are oftentimes the place you're called to the most. The places that you're complaining at are oftentimes the places you're called to. And I would even say in this way, the places that cause your heart to mourn and cry out are also those places that you're called to. And so if you're still wondering like what you're called to do, at least in this season, what are the things that you're noticing that are wrong around you, that you're crying out, that shouldn't be that way, the city shouldn't be, the tombs are, this is my father's cities, why is it in a rubble? And so he, he, he picks this up, he goes to the king with a ton of fear, and, and he's afraid, and he moves forward. See, courage comes on the other side of action. You guys ever, ever do like bridge jumping? Or how many of you guys ever been cliff jumping or bridge jumping? Raise your hand. Is this, is it, I, I didn't grow up in Southern California. This, I grew up in Seattle, and there's a lot of bridges and a lot of, uh, I don't, we just did that in Seattle. I don't know if they do it in Orange County. Um, but there is one right on the uh, Bayside Drive right there. It's illegal. It's illegal. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Don't raise your hand for that. Apparently, it's not allowed. <laughs> but listen, but even the high dive, right? You guys remember the high dive? I remember the high dive because our little daughter, Reagan, took the high dive for the first time like last year. But I remember being up on the high dive or, or a bridge jumping if you want to be legal. Uh, I mean, illegal. And you go there and you look down there, right? And that's the, what's the first thing you think of? I have so much courage. No. No, the first thing you think of is, what the heck am I doing up here? Right? You're like, oh. Because remember, you looked up and you're like, man, I could totally do that. Let's go do that. That looks awesome. Right? And you're like, we could totally jump that. Am I right, Aaron? Come on. Aaron can do that. So, and so you get up there with your buddies, right? Because you're never alone. There's always a few people pushing into this. And you get up there and you're like, you're like, oh, oh, we could do this. We got this. We got you go first. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm like, that stuff scares the, the stuff out of me. It scares the people. Like, I am not made for high jumping, like, feats like that. I was looking, I'm looking at James, my, my brother-in-law, and um, when, I first, when I first got to hang out with this family that I married into, praise the Lord, 
Um, James would jump up, he would do backflips off of the top of, of this boat and, and other stuff. And I was just like, oh, Lord. I wish I had confidence like him, right? Just like we talked about. <laughs> but but I, when I would go up there and you get up there, and you're like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. But you have to now because everybody's watching you, right? You have to. There's no options. There's, there, there are no other options, right? You can't go back down the stairs. It's just, it's not an option anymore. So what, what do you do, right? I don't know what you do. What I do is I just go, I'm going to count to three, and then I'm just going to go. I'm not going to look back. I'm just going to go. I'm not going to look back, all right? And so you go one, two, three, and then you just jump, and your heart goes into your toes, and then your toes hit the water, right? That's how it works for me. <laughs> and then after you do it, you want to do it again. Well, some of this. <laughs> kind of depends what it is for me. I'm like, no. But, but after you do something, there's the, like, you, you know you can do it. Courage comes from action. It, comes from, it actually comes after you start doing things. See, there's two types of courageous people. Well, some people that fake it, and the other people that courage because they've gone through it. And so if you've never gone through whatever it is you're going after right now, it's okay to have no courage. Because courage will come on the other side of the action. iPad is still not working, if you were wondering. There's a Brene Brown quote that I was, um, that I was running through my head as I was thinking about this, um, and I'm sure maybe she didn't come up with it, but um, Chad was talking about Brene Brown last week, and you should listen to Chad's message. If you did not listen to it last week, it was epic. It was a message Chad's never spoke before. Uh, at least I've never heard him anyway, and it's a whole different type of Chad message, um, Chad Deadman. So listen to it. It's powerful. It was all about coming through, man, I'd say one of the worst trial seasons of his life and how he's coming out of it with such power and such strength. So if you've ever, if you have, that's ever been you, and he, and he brings this whole place of vulnerability with him, which I think is incredibly needed. But I love this quote. It says, you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you can't have both. You can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you can't have both. The very fact that you need courage is, is why you need courage. You know what I'm saying? If you, are, if you have comfort in a situation, who needs courage, right? But the very fact that you need courage means that you need courage. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I need courage. I need the comforter. And the comforter, when you start moving forward, will build courage into you. Nehemiah verse, or chapter 4, it talks about this. It talks about, see, Nehemiah, at one point, he, he goes on this adventure now. He takes the king. He take, the king has a, gave him a letter. So he's got all the authority to move out into his calling, right? We talked about table set before me. Communion is your authority to move forward against the enemy. So he moves forward into, the, um, into Jerusalem into trying to rebuild these walls, and there's a bunch of people that are coming against him. By the way, when you step into courage, there's a good chance you're going to have some things po pointing back at you. There's, there's going to be some people coming against you anytime you step out. Chris Valentin once says it's the dogs of doom stand at the doorway of destiny. And I think it's just, it's always a good reminder to remind yourself that whatever you're called to do, you will have opposition. Say that with me. I will have opposition. Now listen, we don't have to actually magnify the opposition as if they had a chance. 
But to think that you're not going to have things come against you is ridiculous. You will face trials of many kinds. But consider it. Say that again. Come on. Consider it. One more time. Consider it. Joy. But you will have trials. Listen, Christian life is not the life of having a trial and sticking our head in the sand. Pray for me. No, it's I've got a trial. This is awesome. I'm in my calling. I'm going to get stronger. I'm okay. I'm okay. Pray, pray for, pray for everybody else around me to get out of my way because I'm coming through, right? So sometimes, what was it? I think all these quotes are going through my head right now, but it's like the storm is coming and, and, and the response is I am the storm right? It's this thing of like, I'm coming, and I carry the covenant with me. I carry the blessing of God. I carry a letter from the king to rebuild these walls. And so chapter four, it says, now it came about when the, oh, (laughs) iPad, you are, this is your last day. (laughs) Nobody pray for my iPad anymore. (laughs) Black Friday is here. All right, now it came about when, (laughs) The hope, hope is on, th- is on Friday. Okay. He be- <laughs> now it came about when Sam- Sambalat heard, these, these, these are the bad people, the people that are actually don't want the town to be rebuilt, the city rebuilt. This guy Sambalat um, heard that, that we were rebuilding the wall. He became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. Just imagine the enemy becoming furious when you start taking ground. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria, the armies, and said... What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? You just hear the mocking tone in this. Can they offer sacrifices? Meaning, can their God really do this? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, it would break their stone walls down. And so they're just coming against little Nehemiah. And remember, remember, he's not a prophet. He's not a priest. He's a person. He's just another man that saw the cause as something bigger that needed to be conquered. And so in the midst of people shouting at you, what did he do? What did he do? But we prayed to our God, verse 9. And because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. But we prayed to our God. He went after, when I read that, I think, you can think, oh, he prayed. I think intimacy. I think he pressed into a relationship with the Father. I think he went back to the bread and the wine. And he says, I've got authority to move forward. I'm called to do this. Thus, in Judah, it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come along and kill them and put a stop to the work. He says, when, this is the discouragement. When the Jews who live near them came and told us ten times, they will not come up against us. They will come up against us from every place where you may turn. This is the, the surrounding Jews. They're, the, they're actually listening to the discouragement, and they're trying to, trying to help Nehemiah in his discouragement. <laughs> hey, Nehemiah, did you hear them? It's gotten worse. They're going to come and kill us all. And Nehemiah's like, what? No, I prayed. 
I prayed. I prayed. He said, we will station men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, exposed places. And I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people. This is leadership. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Give thanks. For the Lord is with you. Give thanks. In the midst of trials, in the midst of... When you don't have courage yet, just start thanking God. Right? Like it's like you jump off that, that cliff and you're like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Listen, you, you are called to have your dreams fulfilled. I'll say it again. I've said it before. The, one of the number one metrics or things I look for in a, in a, to know if a community is healthy or not is do we have our dreams come true? But what about God's dreams? They're, they're usually one and the same. Because if you'll surrender your life to him, he will give you dreams to dream. Whose idea, by the way, was it to rebuild the walls? Was it God's? I heard that Nehemiah heard about the walls being in ruins, and Nehemiah wept. And he said, I want, who, who's going to rebuild these walls? I will. It was Nehemiah's idea. You're called to have your dreams fulfilled. I'm, I, am, I, don't know if you, I don't know about you guys, but I am really tired of the, the body of Christ not being the greatest pillars of society. I honestly believe we're, 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 we are there in some places and other places where we're, we're still lagging behind. And you know what? God's, he's still raising up righteous people, even though they may not be believers. We have great men and women in places. But I really believe, I really believe that we're called as Christians to have dreams about, uh, about industry. We're, we're called to actually have dreams about music. We're supposed to have dreams about teaching and school systems and, and politics. Like we, we're called to be the most visible people in society. Kanye West, right? Come on. I, I, I just saw a picture of P. Diddy with um, T.D. at Bishop Jakes' church. This is awesome. But what I'm saying is this is what we're called to do. We're called to have our dreams pushed into the highest places of society. And we can't do that if we don't, if we don't push past the naysayers. And oftentimes the biggest naysayers is the only one that's up there on that platform with you. You. And you're like, ah, I can't do that. And God says, if you'll just jump, I'll give you courage. If you'll just jump, I'll give you courage. But there will never be a shortage of scared people coming against you. Some of them might be your people. It was the Jews who lived near them, came and told them. Ten times they told them. Once wasn't enough. <laughs> Nehemiah, you're not hearing me. This is bad. It's like Job's friends. I love it. Absolutely. I want to end with this, that There's a reason why you went up on that platform with three other people. Okay, one of them might be so that you wouldn't back down and look like a sissy, all right? That, that was my reason. I'm like, I, I'm up here, I, I need to do this. But I would, say, I would submit to you that 
maybe that was part of your family. Maybe those were your friends that went up there with you, that were up there with you because in, when you lack courage, you need family. And I would say that, like I said, there's two types of people. People that have courage because they've gone through it and people that have not real courage. And so the only people left is us. If we've never been through something, if we've never gone after our dreams to that degree, if you've never been in this place where you're at now, I get you've been a Christian for 20 years, five years, two years, but you've never been right here before. And this is why we need family. When they came to Nehemiah 10 times, his own people, to tell him he should abandon this, that it's too dangerous, he stationed the people in families. These are people that had plows, they had hammers, they were rebuilding a wall, and with one hand they had a hammer, and the other hand they had a spear. This is just you and me. This is family coming together to rebuild a wall and to defend a wall that some people would think we have no business doing. But we are building, we're building a nation. We're building cities. We're building culture. We're building regions of, of, of peace, regions of strength. What we're building is going to strengthen the government. What we're building is going to strengthen the school systems, the work systems. All of this stuff is what we're building. And somehow you have a dream that's meant to fit in there. Somewhere in there, you're called to do something that will change everything. You are that light to arise and shine. Nehemiah says, rise and build. Rise and build. I want to take a second now before I kind of transition into something at the end, but I want to I take this moment, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want to picture what is the thing that you know is in front of you, that you're called to do. It might be tiny. It might just be the, the thing right now, or it might be a massive thing that God has been showing you, and there is fear, and fear is okay. On the other side of that fear is courage. But I want you to picture what is that thing that's looking at you. Now, I want you to talk to the Father, because this is about intimacy. This is a relationship. This isn't a one-way conversation. I want you to ask the Father, Father, what's the next step? What am I, what am I stepping off of? Maybe it's you need to start painting, and you need to buy the canvas. Maybe you need to write songs, and you need to buy a recorder. Maybe you're supposed to run for Congress. Maybe you're supposed to get a degree that you've been dreaming about. Just ask him right now. Don't make this weird and religious. And just ask him. He loves to answer you. And now ask him this. Hey, God, are you going to be there on the other side of that step? Are you going to be there? okay you can smile a little bit ask him this God are you that good are you that kind
and now I say this to him. Say, Father, put me in family. Put me, in, put me amongst friends. Put me amongst other people to walk this with. We like to think it's just me and God. That's actually not the Bible. You are grafted in. You are not alone. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys heard something, like he spoke to you something? Cool. Can I get three people just to tell me? I know this is bold. I want to hear what he told you. Is that okay? Somebody over here. Loud. Seek me, I'll be given to you. That's a great answer. It, it may not be the same answer you got. Joshua 1.9. The Lord God will be with you everywhere you go. Go ahead. Louder. Modeling. Come on. I love it. I love it. Thanks, John. Somebody else say that? Stay steadfast and keep doing everything I'm doing. Anybody else? Open up my house. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, to go. <laughs> to go. I don't want to go. Go ahead. Put on brave. Be bold. I love it. I love it. Thanks for being vulnerable there. Letting her be into, into what your relationship with God. That's awesome. For us, you don't even worry about it. I mean, I, some of this stuff's really personal, right? And they're like, no, I, you don't get to hear that. This is between me and him. We're going on a fun journey as a church right now. We're stepping out into um, in just a whole new place. If you, don't, if you were here two weeks ago, we showed you the video where, of, of, the, uh, of the new building. Um, today, if we can get our, 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 our joy team to get ready to pass that out. Where's the joy team? Would you guys help out with that? Thank you. Okay, we're gonna pass something out to you guys. We're really excited. We're, 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 take, we're, we're about ready to, we're not building the wall. They already built it. Okay, so if you're a builder, please don't come to me. Um, but, but one thing we're, we're, we're doing, we're moving into a new space. Actually, that's not true. We are building some stuff. But we're moving into a new space. This is a new season. This is family. All right, family, wow, look at that. This is our new building. Um, not all four of them. But the bottom one there, this is our building. It's, it's being prepared for us. They've been renovating this like for, for Presence Church. They just didn't know it until a few weeks ago. Um, but the, there's, a, there's a, a beautiful courtyard in the middle that uh, I'm just, I'm loving. Our offices are already in there. Um, it's a shared workspace that they just built out. Four more weeks, four more weeks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and so we're getting ready to move into a phenomenal space. One of my favorites is we don't have to turn the AC on to air it out in the morning. Um, but we get this new space, and, and we are really excited to move into it. But there are some things that we have to upgrade before we move in, okay? And so there's things like uh, a new sound system. This thing is a blank canvas. We're the first church to get to be in there. Um, we're believing there's going to be another church in the evening so we can actually like sew into that church while they're there. But we're going to be, we need to set up a whole sound system in there and we need to buy it all. 
um, we need to pay for a whole new kids. Our kids' church is going to double and triple in size because now we have double and triple the rooms. And so we finally get to build family with families, okay? Um, And so if if you don't have a family yet, we still love you. Um, But this is where we're going also, and so we're excited. So... Some of, we have a few things we've got to do on our way there. So by December 22nd, say the 22nd. 22nd. Thank you, you guys are killing it this morning. Um, we're, we are going to raise $80,000. All right, $80,000, come on. Everybody say, say, that was easy. That was easy. Amen, amen. Listen, everything that we have to do is bought, if, if God has called us to it, he's already bought and paid for it, Okay. Where if he's called you somewhere, he's already giving you the authority and the resources to do it, okay? So this will happen, okay? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not worried. I, I don't need courage. <laughs> I know I've been with God long enough to know that this is right up his alley, okay? So what we're doing is, really, is we get an opportunity to join him, all right? And we're going to be talking about this for the next three or four weeks, depending on how many it is. I don't know, is it four weeks away? And we're going to be talking about this a little bit every Sunday. So just prepare yourselves. Um, it's the family is, is moving into a new house, okay? And it, if you had been here for three and a half years and picked up cigarette butts every Sunday, you would be as excited as I am. But I think you are anyway. So some things we're going, to be, we're going to be purchasing with the money is visuals, audio, signage for the new building. We're going to change some stuff up. We're transforming our kids' rooms into really happy places, um, new furniture, and different moving costs. So we're going to be doing that, and I, I, I want to be honest with you, sound equipment is not cheap. I thought it was. It's not, okay? Um, and so, <laughs> and Tiffany, our, our worship director, has uh, ensured me we need the best. So I'm with her, because I think Jesus does the best most of the time. Um, so that's what we're doing. So take a look. You can um, read kind of where we're going, what we're doing. If you're, um, but this is, this, is what we're, this is where we're going for the next month. We're pushing this. Our family, this church time, has never done a big giving campaign. We've never asked for a lot of money. We've never, th- honestly, because God just gave us this building for free for the first year and a half. And so we just kind of, oddly enough, we just keep stumbling into his blessings. And, and he's just been providing. And you guys are generous givers anyway. And so as a church, we've actually been well taken care of, okay? God is just doing it, and we get to partner. So this is the request, the invitation is, it's almost like picture Nehemiah saying, hey, I've got all the authority I need to build this wall. I just need people that can help build it. I need people that can defend it while we build it. I need people to laugh at the scoffers and tell them that we're building it. And so... I'm inviting all of us into this journey. If giving big and giving financially to something like a building is scary for you because of past religious things, we just preached a message on courage, okay? So take courage. (laughs) But I want to encourage you today that this is right now. um, You don't have to make a decision right now, but I want you to close your eyes and I want you to ask God. And he might speak to you now. He might speak to you tomorrow. But this is all I ask. I never like to guilt people or con people into giving. That's ridiculous. It's from the devil. But I like to give people the opportunity to dream with God. Okay? Um, we do this with our offering anyway. We say, well, ask God what to give. But I want you to ask him right now, like, what can you give? Our whole leadership team is giving into this. 
Um, and I, and I, I really believe um, that this is easy. This is easy for God. And you may not be able to give $40,000 today, but maybe tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but but you, you might be able to give 40 or you might be able to give 400 or $4. I just, I, I really believe that if you're part of this family, then this needs to be important. And if it's important, you need to put important stuff towards it. So I'm going to pray real quick. And I want you to ask God what you would give. All right? So Father, what, what, would you spur us on towards love and good works, God? Would you, would you fill our hearts with faith to see something awesome built, to see a new season be launched? Would, would you tell us what, what you would have us give, God? Amen. Amen. Now listen, you can either, if you want to give via check next Sunday, you can. Um, or you can give right now via digital and just go, and, and I, I, I want to do this right now. So if, you, if you're able to, I want to take action right now. I want to take action. Courage comes the other side of action. And, and if this is a sacrifice for you, and for some reason, God always gives me a number that feels like a sacrifice. Is that anybody else here? Huh? <laughs> or I'll give my wife the number that feels like a sacrifice. <laughs> I heard 200. I heard 1,000. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, it's, okay. it's good, it's good to, to step into courageous places. You cannot give God. I've been trying for years. And I'm still here wearing shoes and pants. Um, so <laughs> I can still buy clothes. <laughs> um, so right now, just, you can either go to our website this afternoon if you want, or you can text 77977 and go on the, um, and when it leads you to the link, just go building fund and give. Um, you can give in the future if, if God tells you something different later on. That's awesome. I, honestly, I just, I trust that you're going to hear from the Lord. I, I, I have no desire to manipulate building funds and weird things like that. I just know he, he's the God of more than enough. Can we, um, can we pray right now for this new building? Why don't you stand with me? One of the things that stuck out to me in Nehemiah is that Nehemiah wasn't on the wall by himself. He had all sorts of people from the surrounding countryside come and join him and take ownership of this building project. Ownership. And I want you to right now, the, I, I love, fi finances make a way for things. Financial, it's just the world runs by finances. I get that. I'm okay with that. It's a system that God has set up through people. But the true currency of heaven is faith, okay? It's impossible to please him, and anything done without faith is sin. So we're going we're gonna to do this right, all right? What I really want from you right now is I want your faith, okay? So I want you to, I want you right now, I want you to release faith for something you want to see happen in this new building. 
In our pre-service prayer, we release faith by saying what, what, what we want to see happen in today's service. Right now, I want you to partner with heaven right now and release a word of faith about what's going to happen in this new building. You might think 100 people get saved the first day we move in. You might say every person gets healed. You might say no miscarriages in this new building. You might say no divorces. I don't know what you're going to dream about in this moment, but I want you to touch heaven and find out what is heaven dreaming about to be released on earth. You guys ready? And I want you to say it out loud, okay? Because faith comes from hearing. And I need the person next to you to grab a hold of your faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. So just start. You can be multiple things. We should do it for about just a few seconds. But right now, just start speaking out what you want to see happen in this new building. Go ahead. Come on. Just raise your voice. Yeah. Our youth group exploding and multiplying by 10 times. Miracles in the kids' church that we can no longer count or keep track of. Deep community. Yeah, come on. Just right now, your prayers, your faith is going to create stuff in one month. It's preparing a way. Just ask for it. Got to ask for fresh fire in this new building. Come on, Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Come on. So Jesus, we thank you for what you're building. We serve a, a wonderful senior pastor. <laughs> we serve a great senior leader of this church, God. You are building things that we have not imagined. What has not come even into our minds and our hearts, God, you are putting into place in this new space, God. And so we pray that you would bring the builders. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Just give God a shout of praise. Come on. Praise you, God. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, if you're on the prayer team, come on up. Come on up. You guys, can I, we, Jessica already prayed, but I just, I pray for this, thank, this Thanksgiving would be unlike any Thanksgiving your family has ever had. Just pray for, for, for the fruit of some of you guys' prayers for your family. I'm praying for my family to get saved. I'm praying for so much for my family too. So bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Come up and get prayer if you need it. Love you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.